0: Swing low Sweet chariot Coming for to carry me home Swing low Chariot I looked over Jordan and what did I see Coming for to carry me home Oh kids uh,
1: It's uh, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon On January 19th it's Been a couple days since I Podcasted Right now I just dropped off the king and the namesake to kind of like an after school tennis thing for the next eight weeks. And you guys are a little nervous to start the this thing, which I understand being new. I always even talk to you guys about, you know, being new it's awkward and, and I'm sure uh, you know, you have a lot of nervous jitters. Hopefully you get over those. You kids, I think the namesake has really been wanting to learn tennis and then I told him about how I played tennis in high school and got a lot of accolades and had the best record on the team, by the way. Best record on the team. And I tanked our collective GPA, let me tell you that. I think the collective GPA before I joined was a 4.3. And the collective GPA after I joined dropped down to like 3.4 because, and this is the only time this ever happened in my life, my GPA got below a 2.0. I could not play tennis um, one season of the two I played. And uh, I wrote an essay about it, about how I was going to be off the team. And my English teacher actually decided to change my English grade retroactively and say, you know, I got went from a C to a B. Or she changed it from a B to an A. And that got me up above the 2.0. Uh... So I was able to stay on the team. Which was good for the team because I mean I I had the most um, victories. So that was kinda helpful. Um so, so you kids are in your tennis thing right now, and there's like I, you guys I could tell you guys were nervous and that always melts my heart a little bit, it makes me feel sad or nervous about you know what you guys are going through about. You know, it's, it wasn't nearly as bad as, you know, when you started school in Mexico. I, uh... I'm sorry, there's a lot of tears there. You know, a lot of, I was pretty nervous. But you kids did okay. Okay, so hopefully you guys will like tennis. It'll be fun. I'll get back into it. So I'm just driving around the school to park at a good parking spot, so I don't have to walk that far. Today, we're talking about the Gibeonites and their deception. Uh, The only reason I know that is I I read the title to one of the
0: chapters.
1: (sighs) How are you guys doing? I never really asked how you guys are doing. I'm driving by so I can kind of see the tennis court, but everyone's just kind of like just standing around. There's a bunch of helicopter parents that decided to watch. I'm not that kind of parent. I'm not gonna watch kids doing stuff like this. Not yet. Well, eventually, will, but I'm not gonna watch a whole practice. No. Unless you kids really want me to. The king the other day wanted me to watch the whole uh, jujitsu practice, which it's a little awkward. You know, I'm talking to the parents, and then you just slam some kid on the ground. It's a little awkward. Like, one kid um, is really good, and they always pair you up with him. And you do, all, you guys do all these drills where, like, one's laying on the back, and you have to like use a, a move to get them off of you, and then you have to try and put them on their back. And hey, uh, King, you are not gentle, and you know what? I'm fine with that because one day you may have to be not gentle to someone who's putting hands on you, so. Anyways, been kind of a productive day. Did some work at the office, and your mom's a little under the weather. Hopefully, she gets better. Every time I'm about to read in my, my um, truck, I want to find something to drink. Oh, I found some old water. Let's see if I think you guys drink this. All right. <clears throat> Oh. Without further ado, the Gibeonite Deception. Chapter 9. Now, when all the kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, those in the hill country and the western foothills and along the entire coast of the Great Sea, as far as Lebanon... The kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. They came together to make war against Joshua and Israel. So your mom just texted me. Uh... Just texted her back. Uh, whenever your mom texts me, I always text her immediately back. Just so. Um, anyways. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. They went as a delegation whose donkeys were loaded with worn out sacks and old wineskins cracked and mended. The men put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of the food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp of Gilgal and said to him and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. The men of Israel said to the Hivites, But perhaps you live near us. How then can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, Who are you and where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. Because of the fame of the Lord your God, we have heard reports of him. All that he did in Egypt... and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of Jordan. Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth, and our elders and all those living in the country, said to us, Take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say to them, We are your servants, make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you. But now... See how dry and moldy it is, and these wineskins that filled, oh oops, what are we doing? Uh, that we filled were new. Let's see how cracked they are, and our clothes and sandals are worn out by the very long journey. The men of Israel sampled their provisions but did not inquire of the Lord. Oh, oh that's not good. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out, and on the third day came to their cities, Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, and Kerioth jerim But the Israelites did not attack them, because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders, but all the leaders answered, We have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. This is what we will do to them. We will let them live, so the wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath we swore to them. They continued, Let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community, so the leader's promise to them was kept. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites Knights and said, Why did you deceive us by saying we live a long way from you, while actually you live near us? Now, our, You are now under a curse. You will never cease to serve as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. They answered Joshua, Your servants were clearly told how the Lord your God had commanded his servant Moses to give you the whole land and to wipe out all its inhabitants from before you. So we feared for our lives because of you, and that is why we did this. We are now in your hands. Do to us whatever seems good and right to you. So Joshua saved them from the Israelites, and they did not kill them. That day he made the Gibeonites woodcutters and water carriers for the community and for the altar of the Lord at the place that the Lord would choose. And And that is what they are to this day. That's pretty interesting. Chapter 10. Now Adonai, Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, In doing so, or in, and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its kings as he had done to Jericho and its kings, and that the people of Gibeon made a treaty of peace with Israel and were living near them. He and his people were very much alarmed at this, because Gibeon was an important city, like the, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than I, and all its men were good fighters. So Adonai, Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoam, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Jephia, king of Lachish, and Debor, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces, they moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. Okay, one second, let me just check this. Here's a positive thing. Your mom texted me. Evidently, the entrepreneur, she, drew, she rode her bike home today and she wanted a peanut butter and banana sandwich, which I never had growing up, but she wanted it. She must have read about it. Because I would have never given her that thought in her head. And neither would your mom. And we didn't have bananas, so she's taking her bike to the local store to get bananas. And I cannot tell you how much anxiety I have over this. That I almost want to just shadow her for a little bit. In fact, let's uh, maybe we want to pause it right now. As I, as I, okay, let's start the car up. We're gonna, we're gonna go. Let's go, uh, let's go be a helicopter parent. Don't want to. we gonna end it on verse 5. Chapter 10, verse 5. I'm probably the king of all the helicopter parents. Because I became a substitute teacher just to see you guys a little bit more. Oh boy, a little bumpy. Lately I've been listening to a lot of music You know, I would have loved to have known What kind of music my dad listened to You know, certain days See what his mood was I just started listening to the song Gimme Gimme by Abba Which is a song made famous in the movie Mamma Mia I believe Mamma Mia 2 Interesting Story that When I graduated from law school My sisters who know me very well They bought tickets to Mamma Mia as a, as a play It was a play before it was a movie So I think we went to go see it in Sacramento Anyways That was That was fun I think they also got me the to see the play uh, 700 Sundays Which is a play It's a one man play by A comedian named Billy Crystal he was very very famous. He's a very very famous comedian from the 19 really the 1970s, 80s and 90s. He was huge and I mean the 2000s as well. But he made his He made the debut of, on a TV show called Soap. Like when I was like one. Um let's See, I actually when I was a 9-year-old, I ran into him at a Oakland A's baseball game my dad said, hey, go, that's Billy Crystal, and I, I was shocked there was him, because I'd, I'd watch him a bunch of movies, and, and, uh, so I went up there, and I went up, and I said, hi, Mr. Crystal, I'm, you know, my name's, you know, I gave him my name, and, uh, I want I just want to tell you what a huge fan I am of you, and, and he's like, oh, come on, and he had me sit next to him, he's like, come on, sit next to me, and he told me about his dad, and how his dad took him to go see the Yankees play, and, and he, um, he asked me a bunch of questions, and he said, uh, what do you want to do when you get older? And I said, well, I want to be a stand-up comedian. And he's, he says this, he says, well, tell me a joke. And I said, I forgot him. And he looked at me, and he says, well, you'll never make it in show business. But the way he said it was very funny. It wasn't like he was being a jerk. Like, I was nine or ten at the time, and I thought it was hilarious. Um, so, oh, my daughter is in the store. She's in the store. All right. <laughs> um... But it was like it was such a cool celebrity interaction. It, it was, I was, you know, to this day, I talk only glowingly about Billy Crystal. Can you just, like the worst, worst worst dad right now. Come on, let him Put my mask on, silly mask. Okay, I'm gonna pause it, cause I don't know if she's gonna enjoy this or not. She's just being rung up right now. She's such a good girl just waiting for her to come on out it's so hard letting, them, letting you kids have your independence it is really difficult alright she's coming out coming out where are you? she like did not even lock her bu- you didn't even lock your bike up it's so cute hey how'd you do are you gonna ride home there you go You're so organized Where's the cover to your basket thing?
0: Oh, I didn't bring it.
1: Okay, give me a hug. I'll probably go. am gonna pick up your brothers for some reason. Text me when you get home, okay? Okay. Be safe. Love you. Yeah. I hate wearing this mask. such a dream. Oh, gosh. I, oh, I never knew... Uh, no, how, how should I put this? I... The moment I held you... i this entrepreneur, my oldest and only daughter. The moment I held you... It was as if God flicked a switch in my brain... And said maybe it wasn't God, but something flicked a switch in my brain that said, oh, I could easily commit murder now. Wouldn't even give it a second thought. So anyone ever hurts her, I want to immediately kill brutally, painfully, and slowly. So I start to understand what my dad was like, why he was so protective of us. And my dad was... He was a very territorial man. You were... You... Do not ever mess with my children, or, and especially, my wife. Don't say any bad things about them. Don't do anything. And I remember, uh, and I'll get back to chapter 10. I feel bad. It's such a huge digression. But I remember he, uh, someone was talking trash about me when I was playing soccer. And this poor guy... He said something. He was like mad that I was get got put in the game, which was rare. I was an elite soccer player, but but uh um he said something derogatory, and my dad proceeded to take him aside and t- pretty much said, "You say anything bad about my son ever again, I'm going to beat the." ass out of you <coughs> and I oh she's so sweet she's riding on the sidewalk I want to take a photo oh she's so precious god she's the best okay sorry heart is melting anyways he proceeded to like threaten the guy and say he was he. they would have to carry him off the soccer field now it's nice to have people on your side It's nice to have someone there that will stick up for you. Maybe my dad took it a little too far, though, with that one. Because the next day... See, this guy... He wasn't just some random guy. He had a son on the team. So the next day, that son went up to me at school and said, Hey, did your dad threaten to beat my dad up? And I did not know about it at all. All I said was... I think I was like in fifth or sixth grade at the time. I'm pretty sure my response was I would not be surprised to be threatened threatened to beat someone up. And then, but luckily, the kid was like, he thought it was funny. He was like laughing. He's like, "Oh, your dad's so cool." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I think Ryan's the best." And, uh, and my dad was, but you know, some things, you know, um, my dad would not. He very protective. Now that being said, he wasn't protective. Of, like he would want me to fight if I had to fight. It wasn't that. It just he didn't want adults saying anything bad about me. He didn't care if kids did. But, but anyways, I digress. So it was like the biggest digression of this podcast. But I just I wanted to get a hug from my daughter because I only have one. And you know when you when you guys have kids. And there's no, please, no pressure. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, when you can me grandchildren, please don't. Make your life decisions. I'll support them 100%. But, you know, when, uh, if you guys have kids, you'll, you'll know too. And it's like, it's just one of those things. You can't teach it. You can't be like, you can't explain it with words. Some things are not meant to be explained with words. It just, they're not. It's, there's an emotional toll, an emotional experience you need to experience to really fully understand something, you know? Okay, let's see if we can read through chapter 10, and then maybe we'll go pick up the boys. Oh, they're cute too. Uh, is, you know, the days where I work, I just, I really miss you cats. Let's see. Let's see, we're already at 19 minutes, we're not even going to chapters. Okay, back to it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the champ of Gilgal, Do not abandon your servants. Come to us. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us. Because the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army. Oh, that's terrifying. Uh, Including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. None of them will be able to withstand you. (laughs) Uh, after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, who defeated them in a great victory at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth-horon, and cut them down all the way to e- Ezekah and Makedah. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth-horon and Ezekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky, and more of them died from the hailstones and were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, O sun, stand over, Gibeon, O moon over the valley of Aijalon." So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar, which I do not know about. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a man, Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Now the five kings had fled and hidden in the cave of Machedah. When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in the cave of Machedah, he said, Roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it, but don't stop. Pursue your enemies and attack them from the rear, and don't let them reach their cities, for the Lord your God has given them into your hand." So Joshua and the Israelites destroyed them completely, almost to a man. But the few who were left reached their fortified cities. The whole army then returned safely to Joshua in the camp of Makeda, and no one uttered a word against the Israelites. Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jeremoth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the the army commanders, who had come with him, come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are fi- going to fight. Then Joshua struck and killed the kings and hung them on five trees, and they were left hanging on the trees until evening. At sunset, Joshua gave the order, and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had been hiding. At the mouth of the cave they placed large rocks, which are there to this day. That day Joshua took Macada. He put the city and its kings to the sword, and totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors. And he did to the king of Macada as he had done to the king of Jericho. Then Joshua and all Israel, with him, moved from Makeda. Oh, hold on. Let me just... Okay, where, where did I stop off at? It's 238. Because someone was calling me. I don't know where I... All right. Okay. Hang on one second. And I got a. Te- I believe I got a text message from my daughter. I'm home. No. Um. Let's, let's see. Where was I? Let's just start it. So, verse 31. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Libna to Lachish. He took up positions against it and attacked it. The Lord handed Lachish over to Israel, and Joshua took it on the second day. The city never went in, he put to the sword, just as he had done with Libna. Meanwhile, Horam, king of Gizr, had come up to help Lachish, but Joshua defeated him and his army until no survivors were left. Then Joshua and all Israel with him moved on from Lachish to Eglon. They took up positions against it and and attacked it. They captured it that same day and put it to the sword and totally destroyed everyone in it, just as they had done to Lachish. Then Joshua and all Israel went him with him went up from Eglon to Hebron and attacked it. They took the city and put it to the sword together with its kings, its villages, and everyone in it. They left no survivors, just as at Eglon. They totally destroyed it and everyone in it. Then Joshua and all Israel with him turned around and attacked Deborah. They took the city, its kings, and its villages, and put them to the sword. Everyone in it they totally destroyed. They left no survivors. They did to Deborah and its kings as they had done to Libna and its king and Hebra. So Joshua subdued the whole region, including the hill country, the Negev, the western foothills, and the mountain slopes, together with all their kings. He left no survivors. He totally destroyed all who breathed, just as the Lord, the God of Israel, had commanded. Joshua subdued them from Kadesh, Barnea, to Gaza, from the whole region of Goshen, Goshen to Gibeon. All these kings and all their lands Joshua conquered in one campaign, because the Lord, the God of Israel, fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned, with all Israel, to the camp of Gilgal. going to pause there. We're just going to doing two. We're just doing two right now. Um, I bet I could do one more. I mean, 20 minutes before... Their thing is done. Let's see how long chapter 11 is. It's not that long at all. Chapter 11. When Jabin, king of Hazor, heard of this, he sent word to Job, Jobab, king of Madden, to the kings of the Shimron, to Akshef, and to the northern kings who were in the mountains, in the Ereba, south of Kinnereth, in the western foothills, and in Nafoth-Dor, on the west. <coughs> to the Canaanites in the east and west, to the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, and Jebusites in the hill country, and to the Hivites, below Hermon, in the mountain region of Mizpah. They came out with all their troops and a large number of horses and chariots, a huge army, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. All these kings joined forces and made up camp together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them, because this by this time tomorrow I will hand all of them over to Israel, slain. You are to hamstring their horses and burn their chariots. <clears throat> so Joshua and his whole army came against them suddenly at the waters of Merom and attacked them, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Israel. They defeated them and pursued them all the way to Greater Sidon, to Misrefoth Maim, into the valley of Mizpah on the east, until no survivors were left. Joshua did to them as the Lord had directed. He hamstrung their horses and burned their chariots. At that time, Joshua turned back and captured Hazor and put its king to the sword. Hazor Hazor had been the head of all these kingdoms. Everyone in it they put to sword. They totally destroyed them, not sparing anything that breathed, and he burned up Hazor itself. Joshua took all these royal cities and their kings and put them to the sword. He totally destroyed them as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. Yet Israel did not burn any of the cities built on their mounds, except Hazor, which Joshua burned. The Israelites carried off for themselves all the plunder and livestock of these cities, but all the people they put to the sword until they completely destroyed them, not sparing anyone that breathed. As the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua, and Joshua did it. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. So Joshua took his entire land, the hill country, all the Negev, the whole region of Goshen, the western foothills, the Arabah and the mountains of Israel with their foothills, from Mount Hallech, which rises towards Seir, to Baal, Gad, in the valley of Lebanon, below Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings and struck them down, putting them to death. Joshua waged war against all these kings for a long time, except for the Hivites living in Gibeon. Not one city made a treaty of peace with the Israelites, who took them all in battle. For it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against Israel so that he might destroy them totally, exterminating them without mercy, as the Lord had commanded Moses. At that time, Joshua went and destroyed the Anakites from the whole country, from Hebron, Deborah, and Anab, from all the whole country of Judah, from all the hill country of Israel. Joshua totally destroyed them and their towns. No Anakites were left in Israelite territory. Only in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod did they survive. So Joshua took the entire land, just as the Lord had directed Moses, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel, according to their tribal tr- divisions. Then the land had rest from war. What? An Epilogue. <laughs> the land had rest from war. That's chapter 11. We're not going to go through child today. Um. <sighs> so I'm going to go home and I'm going to take uh, the entrepreneur who's been riding her bike all over town. I'm going to take her to get a, believe it's a flu shot. So that should be fun. Last time we did that, you threw a fit. And and uh, I ended up just leaving. Because you started attacking the nurse. And I didn't want to attack you in front of the nurse. Because she is a mandatory reporter. They actually take it seriously. So it should be a fun afternoon. You actually did get your your other vaccine. No problem. So hopefully my presence being there won't be too disrupting so well that's it for this podcast kids i love you very much love each other forgive each other be a shoulder for others to cry on always be there for your siblings no matter what no matter what Uh, i love you so much and in everything you do do it for the kingdom and the king
0: Sorrow ended in my sin Lost without hope of no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in When death was arrested and my life began Ash was redeemed, only beauty remained my orphan heart was given a name. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested and my life began. Oh, your grace, so free, washes over I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom he faithfully bore. He canceled my debt and he called me his Rejoiced as though heaven had lost. But then Jesus.